Well, hello everyone. This is Lara Nassestian and welcome to the Boston Hills podcast where it is usually my job to tease out the mindset, habits, tools and tactics of inspirational women, world-class performers, CEOs, founders of companies, you name it. We have the most incredible, detailed, raw conversations on this show. Today is going to be a solo episode and this solo episode has been a long time coming because the last time I did a solo episode was when I got to Austin, Texas and since then I have returned back to Sydney. I got back to Sydney at the end of January and it has been a really interesting time. There's been so many lessons, so many opportunities, so many experiences that I'm really looking forward to delving in and sharing with you guys. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a life update on the show. I'm also going to give you a bit of a personal growth update and share with you some of the key things I've been working on, what I've been focusing on, what I've been learning, what I've been reading. And then also at the end, I'm going to leave a little bit of time for Q&A. I'm going to answer just a few questions that came through. I put up a questions box on my Instagram handle. If you're not following me on Instagram, go over and follow me at Hills underscore. And there were a few themes which came through in terms of those questions. So I will answer Uh, some of those Q&As at the end of this episode. Um, But before we get stuck into it, if you are enjoying this show, if you enjoy this episode, then please take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It takes like two seconds to do it and it really does help the show to grow. It helps us to reach the right kinds of audiences and it means that we can keep coming back each and every week and providing you with quality content. So if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to do that. Please take a moment to tag me on Instagram, take a screenshot of this episode and show me when and where you're listening to it. I love seeing your posts and I love resharing your beautiful posts on Instagram and also recommend this episode to a friend, family member, someone who you work or you know, who you really think would benefit from listening to these episodes. If there's someone who you really care about, someone whose growth and personal development journey you really care about, then share this episode with them and, you know, spread the love. So with that being said, we are going to jump straight into today's episode. And like I said, we're going to start with a little bit of a life update first. So the last time I sat down and did one of these one-on-one solo life personal growth updates, as I mentioned, was while I was in Austin. So I took like a condensed version of my podcast recording gear over with me to Austin. And when you're packing for three months and you're packing for multiple seasons, it's a bit of a challenge fitting in 
all of your clothes, you know, my work laptop, my personal laptop, my microphone, my podcast recording gear. So I uh, took a consolidated version of just the essentials just to be able to get by and record some episodes while I was over there and it kind of did the job but now that I'm back in Sydney I'm sitting back in my home office and I've got my full podcast recording gear out and it just kind of works really well so I have to say I'm going to Um, start with Austin and just sharing a couple of my experiences, what I felt about Austin, how I feel about Austin now, um, what I really learned in that three months of living overseas um, and living in Texas. It was really cool. I honestly had the best time in Austin there is something really cool about Austin as a city and I'd heard a lot of people say similar things but I really had to get over there and visualize and experience it firsthand to see what the appeal is, to see why are so many entrepreneurs moving to Austin? Why is there such a buzz about Austin? Why are so many people relocating from California and New York and opting to live in Austin? And when I got there, I could easily see what the appeal was. And it just to start, you know, when I got to Austin, the first thing that really really came over me and really stood out for me was how calm Austin is as a city. It's a slower city. It's a growing city. It's it's emerging. It's booming. There's lots of development happening. There's lots of construction. Lots of tech um, is moving from Silicon Valley to Austin. And there's a lot of growth. So I think it's imagine like a really small city that is just going through rapid growth and perhaps hasn't quite found its identity yet. I think that's kind of the phase that Austin is in at the moment. However, in saying that, it still has such a charm and such a small town feel compared to, say, Sydney or even to New York or some of the other busier, more bustling cities. Austin definitely has a much slower pace. It has a really calm, collective energy. Like, I just felt so calm and so at ease. And I really just enjoyed the slower pace of the city. I feel like in Sydney or New York or LA or any of these bustling cities, you really do not notice the rapid pace of them until sometimes you leave and you come back. And maybe you can experience that like when you have a weekend away in the country. And I was just in the country over the weekend for a friend's 50th birthday in Barrel and I could feel it coming back from even just Barrel to Sydney which is 90 minute drive but to experience that for three months like it really did 
do something for my soul and I really did enjoy the energy I enjoyed the slower pace and I ended up really setting a really really good routine for myself so I knew before I went over to Austin that I would either be become a nocturnal and I would end up taking meetings and calls at all hours of the night and just my sleep routine being shot and just being all over the place or I could really define the parameters and define the terms in terms of how I was going to work, what times I was going to work, when I was going to take meetings when I was going to take phone calls and just put a lot of structure around it. So I was very intentional going into Austin and putting in some really firm boundaries and parameters in terms of my ways of working. And I have to say for 90 to 95% of the time, it worked really well and I was able to stick to, to schedule. Of course, there would be the one-off emergency or the odd meeting that meant, you know, it would start at 12 a.m. and go through to three o'clock in the morning and and that would happen on occasion. But it was the exception, not the rule. And so I ended up blocking out my calendar, the times that I was offline and the times that I was, say, asleep or just not available. And I'd opened up my window for people to be able to book in meetings. So I would be in back-to-back meetings up until the Australian sort of lunchtime and I would generally kind of switch off after that point. But what I found was because I structured my day in a way that I either had back-to-back meetings or I had just a block of focus time during the day, It meant that I wasn't jumping in and out of meetings and I wasn't trying to multitask and I wasn't trying to do 15 different things at once. And there's so many studies and there is so much research that demonstrates that we are horrible at multitasking. I think that people think they're really good multitaskers, but studies repeatedly show that our productivity and our focus drops significantly when we try and do too many things or multiple things at once. And I will attest to this because I had my blocked out focus time during the day to actually do my work and do my emails and get on top of the things that I needed to do. And then I had a block of four to five hours of meetings and I was just doing meetings and I wasn't moving in and out of so many different tasks throughout the day. And what I found was that my productivity skyrocketed and I was so effective. I got so much done. I was working smarter, not harder. And I used my time really, really strategically. And for the majority of people, they ended up respecting my boundaries. And of course, it's not perfect. Of course, things happen. Things can get off course. But like I said, for 90 to 95% of the time, I found that this routine and way of working really served me really, really well. So I really learned a big lesson over there in terms of how to structure my day, how to maximize my productivity, 
how to waste less time during the day, how to dictate the terms for my own time and my own schedule. Because what I did find when I came back to Sydney and people knew that I was back, I started getting phone calls at all hours of the day, all hours of the night, text messages at 10, 11 p.m. on a Friday night. And I have just become a lot more discerning in terms of what I do, what I respond to, and what can wait until I dictate my working hours. So unless it's a real emergency or something really urgent or something that really cannot wait, I have become a lot more discerning in terms of what calls I'm answering at what hours of the day or night. And just making people really, I think when you respect your own boundaries, you train the people around you to also respect those same boundaries. And if you think about it from your own personal experience, when you come across someone in business or life that has very firm boundaries and is very clear on the things that they do at the times that they do them, you automatically end up respecting them. Uh, And if you don't respect them, then, you know, there's there's something to be said about those kinds of people that don't respect your time. Um, And I think there's other ways that you can manage it. But I really learned such a huge lesson over there in terms of boundaries and managing my time and how to increase my productivity exponentially. Now, I spoke a lot about these tips in a lot of detail in a recent solo episode that I recorded, which is around focus. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, make sure that you go back and you do. Um, I'll find the uh, actual title for you now. So it was released on the 10th of February and it's called Seven Strategies to Gain More Focus and Elevate Your Performance from Average to Elite. So I go through a lot of tactical tools and tips in that particular episode if focus and productivity is something that you really want to work on. I'm not going to go into too much more detail in this episode because this is not designed to talk about focus and productivity, but I just wanted to share that this is something that's been a real theme and a real focus for me. And I do share a lot of tactical tools and tips and strategies in that episode if you want to learn more about that particular topic. So Putting in really firm boundaries has been a huge theme for me, um, something that really came to light in Austin and also just really looking at how I'm spending my time and what I'm doing because when you completely remove yourself from an environment or in this in this case, quite an extreme case, moving countries for three months, um, you no longer have the same routine. You no longer have the same people around you and you're not necessarily doing things in the same way that you were back home. And so I had this really unique opportunity to reevaluate what I'm doing, how I'm spending my time, who I'm spending my time with. And therefore, as I've come back to Sydney, I've had this time to really think 
and strategize around what it is that I really want, what it is that I really want to get out of this year and this period of my life from a business perspective, from a career perspective, from a financial perspective, from a personal perspective, from a, you know, name, you name it. I've really put a lot of thought into what I want to keep in my life and what I no longer want in my life. And the same goes for even people. And I often reevaluate the kinds of people that I'm surrounding myself with because, as Jim Rohn famously said, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And it's so true. You really do influence each other. The type of social circle that you're in, you start to think the same, you start to dress the same, you start to speak the same, you pick up each other's habits and mannerisms and all of those kinds of things. And so look around the kinds of people that you're surrounding yourself with and ask them, are these the kind of people that I want to be? You know, is this who I want to become? And if the answer is no, then it might be an opportunity to reevaluate the types of relationships and friendships that you're keeping. So I really found it was such a unique opportunity for me to reevaluate all of those kinds of things in my life. But, you know, in terms of Austin, um, you know, I really found there were a couple of themes which stood out to me in terms of the city and aside from the incredible good collective energy that Austin has there were a couple of really surprising things for me that I didn't really expect until I went there and I really immersed myself into the lifestyle there. The first one was that they the people are so genuine so down to earth and really take the time to give you the time of day and really ask you how you are and mean it and it's not just like a social norm or habit to ask someone how they are and you don't really care for the answer but genuinely wanting to get to know you genuinely showing an interest in terms of who you are so irrespective of whether it's the person you know serving you at a cafe or restaurant through to the barista through to your uber driver through to the instructors at the gym people are so lovely and genuine and down to earth in Austin and I really took a liking to the people there. They are just so beautiful and uh, were very, very warm towards me. So it made me feel right at home. And there also was a lot of nature in Austin and I had heard from other people that Austin is a very outdoorsy city And it's so true. And I didn't really realize this until I got there. But where we were staying was right near this beautiful, almost like an ecosystem. It's like a river that connects to the Colorado River. And if you, again, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen my stories or you can go check out 
the highlights um, and my stories, Austin, it's called, obviously. <laughs> and um, you're just surrounded by this beautiful, clear, dark, deep green water. You can so clear that you can see all the way through to the bottom with fish and turtles. Oh my gosh, I fell in love with the turtles, like hundreds, hundreds of turtles every single day. Squirrels, the swans, the birds, the colours of the autumnal leaves, like it was all just so picturesque and so serene. And so I would go for these really long walks every day, through this nature and I just fell in love with it and whether you get a a rowing boat or a kayak or you hire a bicycle or you walk like there's so many trails and so much nature that it is a really enjoyable city to be outdoors even in the cooler months so that was one thing that really stood out to me about Austin this the other one so people, nature, the other one was good food and Austin is a really foodie city and they there are so many good restaurants, there is so much good food in Austin, irrespective of what kind of cuisine you want, whether you want to eat really healthy and clean and good quality organic produce, there's a market for that. If you feel like being a little bit naughty and having a cheat meal and having a burger and fries my god you can get a good burger in Austin and then a lot of really good Mexican food like so much choice and so many good cafes so many good restaurants um my husband and I would go to this Australian cafe, ironically, um, a lot of the time. And you just end up meeting these really cool people. And going back to the people, one thing that I really um, saw an emergence of in Austin is a group of really conscious entrepreneurs and people that are socially conscious, people that are um, emotionally intelligent, um people that are really individual and and believe in individualism and really support uh people's people's individualism people's uniqueness um the fact that everyone might not have the same opinion about you whereas i feel like in a lot of the larger cities in particular or even on the East Coast or the West Coast of the US. And don't get me wrong, I I love all parts of America and we did travel to the East and West Coast and uh, had the best time and also love the people and also love everything that those cities have to offer, whether it's New York or LA or otherwise. But I will say I feel like with those cities there has been become an emergence of this mono dialogue whereby everyone thinks the same, everyone says the same things and if you don't agree with the norm then you are almost like blacklisted out of society. Whereas within Austin what I found is that people really celebrate each other's individual viewpoints 
you can be whoever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. If you want to like roll around in your Lamborghini and be dressed head to toe in Chanel and Tom Ford, go for gold. If you want to roll around in, I don't know, um, (laughs) I don't want to name any cars, but not a nice car. And if you want to like not have a very nice house and you want to look like you rolled out of bed in your pajamas to go to the cafe, like no one cares. So it doesn't really matter where you fall on that spectrum, whether you want to present yourself a certain way, dress a certain way, no one cares. And again, there's not like this collective, you know, collectivism of everyone having to look the same, dress the same, wear the same clothes, do their hair the same, think the same. It's actually not like that. And it was really refreshing. And so there were so many themes that really emerged and really made me take a liking to Austin and I'm so unbelievably grateful for the experience for some of the people that I got to meet for the things that I got to do and experience um one of the people that I met while I was over there through my mutual friend Belinda was Danny Danny Morell and I actually had him on the podcast you can go back and listen to the episode He is such a conscious entrepreneur and just such a beautiful human being with such incredible energy. And it was just really an honor that I got to like even just connect with him and go out for coffee or go for a walk and just get to know him on a deeper level. And he's got an unbelievable following and is changing people's lives and The fact that I just got to hang out with him as friends over there was really, really cool. So like I got to meet some awesome people and I definitely, definitely will be back. So I just wanted to share a little bit about that because I haven't really spoken about Austin since I've come back to Sydney. So I just wanted to share a little bit and some of the questions that I got in the Q&A were about that. So I'm not going to answer them in the Q&A, but I hope by talking about it in that depth that you got everything that you wanted to in terms of the questions that you guys asked. But one thing I will say is that it was and has been a challenge for me to adapt to being back in Sydney. And don't get me wrong, I'm, you know, born and raised in Sydney, always loved it. I think it's a beautiful city. I think there's so much on offer here. But it has been an adjustment and it's continuing to be an adjustment and it's an adjustment for a number of reasons. Firstly, there is so much freedom over in Austin that you, for the reasons that I just explained, um, also I know it's sort of opening up now, but, you know, the COVID restrictions, you cannot even compare (laughs) Um, we were pretty much free to just go wherever and do whatever and get on a plane and travel to other cities. And like there was there was no, you know, any kind of restrictions. Um, I know we've just lifted our mask restrictions, but, you know, you didn't have to 
wear one over there. So all of those kinds of factors um, contributed to it. But also the energy is probably one of the biggest ones that I've struggled with, which is coming back to Sydney as soon as I stepped foot off the plane, I immediately felt this feeling and this surge of anxiety and now I am so not an anxious person I know a lot of people suffer from anxiety I'm I'm generally a pretty calm person but I felt what I feel is a collective anxious feeling so a collective energy in Sydney of high anxiety and it was really hard to not let that get to me and to not let it affect me. And I just felt like this sense of overwhelm and anxiety and a bit of a feeling of like, I don't really want to be back here, um, which is a really bold statement to make, but I'm just being really honest. Um, it's still a struggle. And I think it's because I got used to such a calm, serene culture that coming back to this city has been a little bit overwhelming. And I find I've become a lot more sensitive and attuned to that collective energy and have to work harder to not absorb into that energy, but also maintain my own energy and it's just required a little bit more work um, in terms of, you know, doing some grounding, doing more breath work, making sure I'm meditating every day, making sure I'm not overloading my schedule, that I'm having very firm boundaries. Um, I've had to just work a lot harder to not let myself be dictated by everyone else and everyone else's expectations and requests and demands of me but go back to that place of I dictate the terms and I sit in the CEO's chair when it comes to my own life and I get to take control of what I want to do what I don't want to do what I say yes to what I say no to when I do things when I won't do things and just getting even more firm around that so I know that that was a really long-winded update, but I just wanted to share that. And I feel like it's been a while, like I said, since I've actually sat down and recorded one of these episodes. And I love them because I get to share bits of my life with you guys. So I hope that that, um, I hope that that kind of gave you a lot of insight in terms of what I've been up to from a life perspective, from a personal growth perspective. Um, I always am an advocate for personal growth. (laughs) I believe that I'm constantly the student and I'm always open to learning and open to improving and refining and developing. And I believe that the moment that we shut ourselves off from learning is the moment that we stop to grow. And I'm I believe that this is a life's work and I believe that if you think you know it all and you've already been there and done that, then I do believe that you 
can have a tendency to shut yourself off from opportunities to grow or just even just life experiences. And so I'm always focusing on my own personal growth. If you are an a loyal, dedicated listener of the podcast, which I know so many of you are, and I'm so damn grateful for each and every one of you. But you would know that routines are such a huge part of my life and really do help set the tone for the day. But it's also a really good way of me building in all of my non-negotiable things that I must do every day. And Part of that for me is reading. So I read every day and I have been reading a book in the morning and then I listen to audio books while I'm commuting. So either when I'm walking or driving somewhere, um, I'll pop on an audio book. And I think I've read about seven books this year because that's a combination of physical books and audio books. But I've also read less physical books this year because, again, if you follow me on Instagram, you might know that I have been reading A.N. Rand's book, The Fountainhead, which was on my to-read list for so many years. My brother bought a copy for me uh, while we were in this, like, beautiful, quaint little bookstore in Santa Barbara. And it's 700 pages long, so it's taking me a really long time. The the font is tiny, (laughs) so it's taking me a while to get through it. I am really enjoying it, though, and like I said, it's been on my list to read for years, so it's definitely one of those books that, like, has been a must-read for me, but because it's taking me a lot longer to read, it, I am listening to more audiobooks, and I have listened to a few this year and it's just a really good way of kind of utilizing my time but also learning so I do typically read more non-fiction books um, and some of the books that I have read this year one of them uh, was Radical Self-Acceptance by Tara Brock um, which is basically like a Buddhist guide to freeing yourself from feelings of shame and really kind of making peace with some of those negative self-beliefs about yourself or some of those themes that have kind of patterns that have run through your childhood and and continue to haunt you into adulthood. It, It was a really interesting read and one that that again I had on my list for a while so I read that and I think it's a really great read for anyone who needs to be a little bit kinder to themselves it's a lot about self-love and self-healing I also on the theme of boundaries uh listened to an audio book called Boundary Boss by Terry Cole um, which was a great read and kind of reinforced some of these key messages around setting boundaries for yourself and with other people. I then read Unshakable by Tony Robbins which was brilliant I thought it it is very timely and really talks about how to stay calm amongst the chaos, particularly around the financial markets. And the reason why I said it's so timely is because, I mean, 
if you look at what what's happening around the world at the moment with COVID and now, you know, Russia and so many global events which are completely outside of our control, but it really kind of teaches you how to remain calm and to create that peace of mind in a world full of volatility because markets are volatile and particularly if you invest whether it is you know real estate whether it is in stocks or bonds whether it is in cryptocurrency um it's really interesting to observe how volatile these markets have been and i think just how to kind of refrain yourself from just wanting to sell everything <laughs> um when the market's crash or uh or what is also called a bear market so really insightful really timely for anyone who's feeling nervous about their financial situation due to the current global worldly events this is a really really timely read for you the other book that i listened to was mel robbins's book um I believe you have to listen to this on Audible because it's an Audible exclusive called Take Control of Your Life. And I don't know why, like I am so in control of my life. (laughs) I feel like that's one of my superpowers is like I seriously sit in the CEO seat of my own life and I really do – I really do follow my own advice when it comes to that – Um, But I got drawn to the book for whatever reason and I actually really enjoyed it. So it's a good read for anyone who is looking to take control of their life or anyone who's feeling stuck. Um, She actually coaches four different people in the book. So it's, it's really interesting um, and can really help someone who is feeling stuck or feeling overwhelmed or has these patterns of thoughts which are holding them back. Um, I thought it was a great book. Then I read, or I should say I listened to, because as you know, I've I've had to listen to more audiobooks because my physical book is taking me so long to read. But I listened to The Sweet Spot by Christine Carter. Now, this was another one that I had seen was highly recommended and kept popping up and I put it on my list to read and I thought it was a pretty good book. However, I will say without sounding arrogant, um, <laughs> it was a little bit elementary for me because I already have done the work and I already live by a lot of these principles. So I guess it kind of was a little bit of a good reinforcer for me, but um, I am the queen of habits. I mean, what can I say? I'm like the queen of routine. I'm the queen of discipline. (laughs) Those things are really my superpower. So it was a little bit on the elementary side for me personally but I feel like someone who struggles to find flow in their life or struggles to build routines or good habits or practices could probably benefit from this book. Then I finished uh, a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It was phenomenal 
like this might be my favorite book that I have read this year. Basically, he talks about the upper limit and how many people never fulfill their true potential because of this upper limit problem. And I just thought it was completely brilliant. So that was probably one of my favorite books that I've read this year. And then I just started on my morning walk today um, a new audio book and I am currently listening to The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. So I have gotten through a lot of books this year, um, but they're just some recommendations. Um, I get asked about what I'm reading and book recommendations all the time. So I wanted to kind of just quickly touch on that in this episode, talking about growth. And um, if you want to see all of the books that I read, I have a highlights tab on my Instagram account. Um, It's just called books. And I literally tag every single book that I've read since the start of 2021. So um, if you want more book recommendations, you can head over to that Instagram highlight on my Instagram feed. Um, now, just a couple of other things from a growth perspective. I feel like sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming to try and invest in a lot of personal development whilst also doing and I think that a lot of people I see it happen all the time fall into the trap of feeling like they have to they have to learn first and then once they've learned all of the things and once they've gotten all of the qualifications then they can start to do the thing that they really want to do now I really challenge that because I know what it's like to be a bit of a procrastinate learner and basically keep telling yourself that you need to learn and to get all the certifications and be qualified and have 15 years of experience before you can start doing the things that you want to do and I think that's absolute rubbish it's often your fear fear of failure fear of not being good enough, which is getting in the way of you doing the things that you want to be doing. So whilst I'm talking about growth and whilst, yes, I'm an avid reader and I've trained myself to become a reader because I never used to be one, but I've learned like so much from reading these books and continue to learn so much from reading, um, that I've really learned how to learn and do at the same time. So whilst I'm talking about growth, I don't want you to confuse that with taking action because I really believe there is merit in learning and doing at the same time and not getting stuck in that pattern of just learning and then never doing anything with it. So In saying that, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I think a lot of you have because I received such a beautiful response to it. But I recently launched the Boston Hills Private Learning Academy. And this is a huge deal, you guys, because what it effectively is, it's my own private academy whereby I work with individuals, you guys, 
to provide you with the structure and support that you need to focus your energy so that you can overcome your fears and build a powerful presence. So I have three customized solutions depending on who you are, where you're at in your journey and what particular support you need. So the first one is building your executive digital presence. So this is for all of my CEO audience because I know that I'm so privileged that I have so many wonderful C-level executives that listen to this podcast, that I have got relationships with, that I talk to, um, that I hear from. And whilst a lot of these individuals are so phenomenal at what they do from their careers and they've been able to achieve unbelievable heights, their online profiles kind of suck, (laughs) to put it blankly. And um, I'm just not going to really sugarcoat it because they know it too. And I hear from a lot of C-level executives who Uh, want my support in terms of helping them to build their own uh, digital presence. And that's exactly what I've been helping many, many C-level executives successfully do is help them to show up, be seen and be celebrated digitally and online in the same way that they would in person. So it's effectively helping C-level executives to show up digitally in the same powerful present way that they would show up in person. So if you are one of my C-level or founder community and listeners, then um, get in touch with me and let's just see if it makes sense for us to work together. Um, I really love working with C-level executives in this way to help them build a customized solution um, to show and communicate their voice online and to really build and elevate your online profiles as well. So that's my first offering. The second offering is for people who want to build themselves online, people that are looking for personalized coaching and support to help them to overcome their fears, to help them do the things that they really want to be doing, but they're too scared or they don't know how. So if you want me being an executive for a billion dollar corporation with 12 plus years experience leading people for complex organizations as the mentor in your back pocket, then my private one-on-one mentoring program is the solution for you. This is where I am your coach, I'm your mentor, I'm your support system, I'm your drill sergeant, (laughs) I'm your confident confidant all rolled into one. And here I help you with your high-level vision, achieve your audacious goals, elevate your career, build elite routines, habits and practices to achieve a level of success that you've never experienced before. And I'm really interested in real tangible and tactical results. So the end result for a lot of my one-on-one mentoring programs is either working towards a, a, a career change, a promotion, significantly increasing their salary or their business income through to launching their own blog, launching their own podcast, you know, whatever it is, 
um, these are the types of outcomes and solutions that I work with my clients on. And if you don't want to commit to one of these programs, then I have a very unique offering, which is a 90-minute Ask Me Anything Zoom or phone call. So if you want to learn from me, if you want to talk to me, if you want to ask me anything, pick my brain, use me as your sounding board, introduce you to people in my network, then this is a really great way to do that without committing to a full program. So during this call, you have the opportunity to ask me anything about your career, your business, your goals, your routines, your life and more. So you'll ultimately receive a confidential one-on-one 90-minute personal phone call or Zoom call with me, as well as top recommendations from the session. So if you are looking for more personalized support and you need someone to kick your butt into gear, to give you the strategies, the tools, the mindset to really go and do the things that you really want to be doing but are too scared to do, then Boss in Hills Learning Academy is your launch pad for that. So head over to my website, bossinhills.com forward slash learning academy, and you can learn more about the prices, the courses, and get in touch with me from there. So with that being said, I want to uh, wrap up this episode with a few we've only got time for a few uh, Q&A's which I wanted to answer for you guys so the first question that came through was what do you do when you lack motivation or when you get off schedule so I semi-answered this on Instagram already if you follow me and listen um, to my stories But I'm going to answer it again here and effectively I don't rely, I guess the short answer of this is, is that I don't rely on motivation in my life because motivation fluctuates. Motivation comes in ebbs and flows and it is not a constant in my life. So when you bank on motivation to do things you end up being inconsistent at best or you end up quitting and falling off the wagon altogether at worst and I don't like my odds I don't like my chances when it comes to betting on motivation because it doesn't stand the test of time And if we did things only based on whether we felt like doing them or not, chances are we would just do a very, very small percentage of the things that we really need to be doing to to be able to achieve our big, audacious vision and goals. And this is a big reason why some people actually achieve their goals and other people just either give up or it just remains an unfulfilled dream. Now, each and every one of you deserves for your dreams to come to life, your goals to be fulfilled. But one of the biggest determining factors, whether someone's goals actually become fulfilled or just become one of those lost dreams that never gets fulfilled, is discipline. This is why 
I'm such a big advocate for discipline because discipline is what kicks in when your motivation wavers. So I don't rely on motivation to keep going. I rely on discipline to keep me going. And the way that I have built discipline in my life is firstly to establish elite routines and non-negotiables in my day whereby I absolutely must do certain things first before I even do anything else. So before my feet even land firmly on the ground, I've already done my meditation, my breath work, my reading, my gratitude. I've already done those non-negotiable things. I also have scheduled in uh, really firm parameters in terms of the work that I do first before I get to you know do other things so I'll give you an example of that so today there were a couple of things that I absolutely had to get done they were urgent and they were important and so I prioritized them by putting them into my calendar treating it like a meeting with my CEO or an important commitment that I had made and I cannot physically move on to anything else until I had fulfilled those particular tasks. And so I really build in these types of disciplines and practices. And again, if you want support in this area, then hit me up because like this is what a lot of my coaching clients and I really work on is how to actually start. Um, but, you know, in saying that, I... I I don't rely on motivation. I I rely on discipline. And discipline means that I do things even when I don't particularly feel like doing them because I know that my future self will thank me for for what I did later. So um, in saying that, I... So to give you an example of how this plays out in my life, I will give you one particular case of where discipline kicks in for me over motivation. So last week, I was feeling a little bit off. I was feeling a little bit run down. My energy was like not where it normally is. I hadn't been feeling very well the weekend prior and I was, you know, listening to my body and taking it easy. But once I let myself rest and recover and, you know, get back to a place of feeling good, I was lacking the motivation to get up at 5 a.m. and to go to the gym. I was tired. It was cold. It was pouring with torrential rain outside. I really did not want to go to the gym. But discipline kicked in because... I book in to a particular gym whereby if I cancel a class within 12 hours of the class starting, I forfeit the entire cost of that class, which is about $35. So it's not a cheap 
class, but there's a penalty for me not going to the class. So when it came to 5am and I really did not want to wake up and I was tired and I much would have preferred to turn around and to put the covers back on and to, you know, close my eyes and get another hour or two of sleep, I knew that my future self would thank me for getting out of bed and going to the gym because I would feel better for it. I also knew that the pain of me not going to the gym, both in terms of how I felt and also losing the $35 fee for the class would outweigh any feeling in that moment of me wanting to get out. So I let the pain of me not doing the thing be greater than the pain of doing the thing. So when you approach things in this way, it makes you less likely to be flaky and to give up and to make excuses and more likely to actually commit and stay to it and stick with it because you think about what your future self will feel and do. And a really good way of doing this is actually building in some kind of financial uh, financial some sort of financial penalty to not doing the thing or making a commitment to someone else, whether it's a personal trainer, whether it's a friend, that you're going to show up and that you're going to commit to showing up. Because if you ditch a friend or a personal trainer at six o'clock in the morning when you're meant to be meeting them out in the park and working out together, you're going to be a pretty bad friend or a pretty bad client and you're less likely to count to cancel on someone or something when you're accountable to another person. So if you are someone that works better in this way and is actually better accountable to someone else than themselves, then find an accountability partner. Um, find someone who um, is more motivated or more disciplined than you and make plans with that person and commit to them. Or do something where there's some kind of financial penalty or some other kind of penalty that will deter you from not doing the thing. So I hope that that helped answer that question. But like I said, the short answer is I don't rely on motivation. I rely on discipline because discipline is what kicks in and is the constant when your motivation dissipates. The other question that I got um, on the Q&A and I'm just conscious of time so I'm going to um, just answer another one or two questions and then we'll round out this episode. One of the questions which came through which I get asked a lot about and that's why I wanted to answer it on this episode is how do you make girlfriends as an adult? Now this question gets asked to me in so many different ways and I I feel like there could be merit in even just having like a dedicated episode about this. The short answer is if you want to attract, I guess there's a difference firstly. It's like are you talking about friends or are you gonna or are you talking about friends that are gonna help you like level up and elevate yourself? Because if you're just looking for friends, then I could say, you know, you could meet people online, you could meet people at the gym, you can meet people at work, 
Um, you could meet people through mutual friends. Um, there's so many different ways that you could meet people. But I'm such an advocate for having friends that really elevate you, that really lift you up, that are, you know, part of your cheer squad, that really celebrate your success, that um, make your, you know, seemingly impossible or outrageous goals feel normal. They're the kinds of friendships that I really like to associate with. And the biggest thing for me, what the biggest thing that I noticed was when I started to level up myself, when I really started to do the work and to make this bold, audacious commitment to myself and to the universe, different types of people started coming into my world. So it's really true what they say that your vibe attracts your tribe. So when you're, you know, going through certain experiences in life or you might develop certain friendships and I think that it's beautiful to have certain friendships and and people that have known you for a long time and my best friend is one of those people her and I've got a friendship that spans over 20 years and I believe that that is such a rare thing to have such a lifelong friend and constant who really becomes more like family than a friend so my best friend truly is more like family to me than um than a friend um because we have got such long history and even though our lives may have gone in slightly different directions, she is still such a constant in my life and she is the most supportive friend. She's she's the most incredible listener. She really like is so interested in what I'm what I've got going on. She listens to every like episode of the the podcast. Like she's such a good friend. There's other people though that aren't you know, such good friends. And that hasn't been the outcome. And that's been a lot of my legacy people because my life started going in a different direction and it was very different to theirs. And people often have a tendency to project their own insecurities and shortcomings onto the people around them. And you end up being being a little bit of a mirror to those people and they either want to get on that same journey with you or they don't. And uh, the reality is, is that not everyone is supposed to be in your life forever. And once you kind of accept and embrace that, it makes everything so much easier because there's your people, like, you know, my best friend being one of those people that are meant to be you know, in your life for a really long time. They're meant to be a friend for life. And then there's a lot of people that are in your life for a season or they might come into your life later on in life and you might remain friends with them for the rest of your life, but you don't meet them until your 30s or 40s or maybe even 50s or 60s, like who knows. But it all really comes down to, for me, the way that I got to have a lot of the friends that are in my circle now was I did the work I leveled up myself and then I naturally grew apart from certain people and certain friendships and when you grow apart from those people it means that you're also creating more time and space for other more beneficial 
or fulfilling relationships to come into your world. So it can become a little bit of a lonely period when you're sort of outgrowing a lot of your legacy or childhood uh, friends and before you've kind of met your new circle of friends. But like I'm so blessed because I really do have the most phenomenal circle of women around me that are my cheer squad that are super smart I mean a lot of my friends have even come on the podcast because they're just at such a phenomenal level and that didn't happen overnight it came from me doing the work and really putting myself out there and then just attracting people into my life in quite an organic way So I have met a lot of my friends now, either through going to events uh, like personal growth events or um, like I met my really good friend, Belinda Agnew, because her and I were both interviewing Elena Cardone. Um, So Elena Cardone was my first ever episode for the podcast. And as Belinda was finishing her episode, Um, and her session with Elena she had like the 9 to 10 a.m slot and I had the 10 to 11 a.m slot and we crossed over and like your energy like you just connect to that person Um, I've met certain friends of mine literally through Instagram like I'm not even kidding Like shout out to my friends who I know listen to this podcast and I've met through Instagram. It's like so cool. But once you open yourself up in that way, once you start to do the work yourself, once you start to elevate and, you know, start your own business or your blog or, you know, build a powerful presence online, you then start to attract other people that are doing similar things And it is just the most supportive, beautiful network of women that I have and friends that I have. And we do not discuss other people. We do not gossip. We do not get jealous. We do not talk badly about each other. We genuinely are each other's cheer squad. We support each other. We give each other ideas. We discuss ideas. We discuss business. We discuss personal growth. We discuss leveling up. These are the kinds of conversations that I'm interested in. And when you become that, then you start to attract that. So that is what I have to say about this topic for right now. And I hope that that answered your question or questions. Um, the other question which I wanted to address, which came through, I'm just going to answer one more because I know this episode is getting quite long. Um, but I just wanted to answer one more question is when you learn a life lesson from a bad experience, how do you shake off the negativity and move on? This is an excellent question. So basically, without knowing what the specific situation is, I think there's a couple of things that I do whenever I am faced with something that's a little bit challenging or something that is a little bit upsetting or disappointing or difficult. Um, There's a couple of things that I do. So the first one is I let myself 
feel how I want to feel. So I don't believe that we should deprive ourselves of our emotions and how we feel because after all, we are human beings. We're no, we're not robots. We do have emotions and feelings and I believe it's important for us to acknowledge that and let us feel those feelings. So I don't think that we should necessarily become like a robot and try and switch ourselves off I think that you should give yourself a little bit of time to actually feel the disappointment or feel the pain or feel the frustration or whatever it might be but then I also believe in giving myself a time limit so I don't believe in kind of falling into like a victim mentality of like why me like I I don't I don't like when that drags on and I know for myself I like to put a time limit for if I'm going to feel sorry for myself it's like how long how how much airtime am I going to give this thing and one of the helpful strategies I find is the 5 by 5 rule which is if it's not going to matter in more than five years, then don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it. So often that's a really useful gauge to determine whether the thing that I'm stressing about or mulling over or pondering or, you know, feeling sorry about, whatever it might be, it's like, is it going to actually matter in five years time or is this just going to become like a little blip in in the span of my lifetime and usually that is a really good way of determining how much how much airtime I want to give it so uh, some things which are really small or just like I don't know like someone I'll give you an example I had to get an uber this morning and the Uber driver was so rude, so rude to me. And I could have let that ruin my day. And by the way, it wasn't even anything personal. I hadn't even met him yet. He called me because he couldn't find where I was. And he was just like yelling and going crazy. And it's like, obviously, you've got something else going on, which has nothing to do with me, right? So it's like, either I can let that ruin my day or I can think about it all day. Like I literally forgot about it until I was trying to think of an example, like answering this question. But I was like, in the scheme of my life, how much does this matter? It's like really, it's like zero, like zilch. It's like, it's someone else's bad day or bad mood trying to be projected onto me. I could have been anyone and I and we would have got that reaction. So, you know, no airtime for that. Like li- literally like two seconds and like move on. Whereas other things are bigger and, you know, they might require, you know, an hour or they might require like a day or, you know, whatever it might be. It's just like allocating a time limit for me to like feel how I want to feel. But then knowing that that time is going to come to an end because after a certain point, it's like, is me like wallowing in my st- sorrows actually going to change the situation yes or no often I'm just making myself feel worse about it and you're the end one that ends up suffering so that's probably part two and then like part three and and it took me a while to get to this point but it came from a bit of an epiphany or an aha moment in my life where I um 
and this is a few years ago, but like I got rejected from a job and I like put my whole heart and soul into it and it was after the series of a series of rejections and perceived failures and I was like why is this happening to me like why me and then as I was having this like mini meltdown moment um I really it dawned on me I was like no no why is this happening for me so really reframing that in my mind like from why is this happening to me to why is this happening for me like what is the lesson here because the universe is always bringing us into equilibrium and it's always trying to look out for us and give us these signs and me not getting what I thought I wanted in that moment or having this seemingly bad experience was actually the universe's way of protecting me and telling me that I had something much better in store for me if I would just wait and lo and behold it worked out like that like it ended up working out way better than it ever would if that thing actually happened in the way that I thought I wanted it to but really in hindsight didn't so really like reframing and asking yourself why is this happening to me to why is this happening for me is such a fundamental shift and can really create some really powerful insights and lessons uh, which can really help for you to propel and to grow in whatever that situation is. So they're just a couple of the questions that I wanted to answer I know this episode has gone a little bit longer than usual, so um, I hope that you enjoyed it. I am going to wind it up now because I feel like I've been talking for like an hour and like 10 minutes nonstop and um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it there. So I hope that that answered some of your questions um, and if I didn't directly answer one of your questions, I hope that it was answered in one of the life updates or personal growth updates um, that I shared at the start of this episode. So I wanted to say a huge thank you. If you're still listening to me, if you still made it to the end, a huge thank you for listening all the way through. I love you guys so much. I'm so thankful and grateful for this beautiful community that I have the podcast really is like my baby and I just like adore talking to you guys in this way and like I said at the start if you enjoyed this episode then take a screenshot tag me on Instagram at Boston Hills underscore. Let me see what you're doing while you're listening to the episode recommended to a friend, family member, and please take a moment to subscribe, rate and review on Apple podcasts. Like I cannot tell you how much that helps us to grow the show. So um, thank you so much to each of you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this life and personal growth update and I will leave it for there, there for now, but um, I'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Boston Hills podcast. Take care everyone and bye for now.